good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. So good to see you this morning. Thank you for that wonderful song, that rendition. A while back, I heard a comment from uh, a minister. Uh, His name will be protected to protect the guilty. (laughs) Anyway, he was talking about uh, a statement that's attributed to the master teacher, Jesus. And he said, he said that, Jesus reminded us to be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And he went on to give a little commentary on that. And he was saying, well, what he was doing was challenging us with an unattainable, fruitless goal and luring us with the impossible. And he said we had to have these kind of goals because it wouldn't keep us in line in order for us to go to a place called heaven. After all, he said, what's heaven for? And the way that I interpreted that is that he believed that the goal in life is to get to some place called heaven and that's in the sweet by and by. But of course, I realized that this is nothing more than a theology of servitude, to sometimes to keep folks in control. Be good now and you'll go to a better place. But I realized that this totally nullifies Jesus' message the message of limitless potential in each person. And that can be attained through the presence of God, the presence of love, that force that is within us, that is flowering within us. There's a poet who said, a fierce unrest seethes at the core of all existing things. It was the eager wish to soar that gave God wings. And I think that unrest is the urge to evolve, that unrest is the urge to expand, that unrest is the urge to answer the call to greatness that's within us. And that seething unrest has caused humanity to achieve feats that defy sometimes logical explanation. I think sometimes, you know, for me, sometimes I look at, you know, our history and I, you know, see that, oh man, human beings have come from caves to, to, to having planes and trains and automobiles and computers and, and TVs now in, in phones. And I think there's a call from the universe for all of us to come up higher. Because no matter what we have done or not done, no matter where we are right now, there's a universal call to do more, be more, and express more of who and what we truly are. And I think in our world today, we're called to transcend 
our self-imposed limitations, to break through that so-called it can't be done belief, which I believe the surface mind is telling us in so many words, oh, and, and saying, oh, I can't because I never have. I can't because I'm not good enough. I can't because I'm too old. I can't because I'm too young. I can't, and we often judge and limit ourselves based upon what has happened in the past. But it's a call from our future, a call to greatness in all of us. Years ago, I had an opportunity when I was speaking one time that uh, Maya Angelou was uh, one of the participants there in the audience. And that was a surprise to me. And um, I don't quite remember what I said, but I know that uh, she was interviewed one time and said she had went to uh, this community. And, uh, and, and she, what she got out of that was the question that she started asking herself. It says, why do I limit God? And I was thinking, now, I don't remember saying that, but it doesn't matter because that was what's necessary for her to see at that moment. She was going through a lot at the time. You know, and I remember, you know, as I think about, you know, this call to greatness, there's a story in the Hebrew Bible and in the book of Numbers, the 13th chapter, and it's about the Israelites. And they were supposed to enter the promised land. But they were afraid. And they were afraid because there were giants in the land. And... Two of the Israelites, uh, Joshua and uh, Caleb, felt this lore within them, something that said there's more in them that they can deal with this so-called impossible situation. And the scripture said that, let's go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. And I think that anyone who's answered that call to greatness that's within them, have that Joshua, that Caleb mindset, that consciousness that says, oh, God is all-powerful, everywhere present. God is, I am, therefore I can. And I believe that we can when we refuse to be deterred by the giants of impossibilities that we may be facing in our own life. It may be a health challenge. It may be a financial challenge. It may be, you know, relationship challenge. It may be any of those things. But when we follow that guidance, we get that creative urge. We get in tune with that great person that we're here so we can release the inner splendor that's within all of us. It's waiting to be expressed. It's like the oak tree shouting back to the acorn, wake up, I am in you. Well, speaking of waking up, this is just an aside. I, sometime someone told me that... Uh, they wanted to pass away like their grandmother. They wanted to die like their grandmother in her sleep peacefully. They wanted to do that and not like all the other people who were screaming when she was at the wheel. <laughs> I know that had to take a little while to get to you. I say that to say this. Sometimes we may not be heeding the call that is within us. and Sometimes we may be asleep to that presence that's trying to move us forward. So we want to wake up. We want to wake up to the true meaning and the true essence of life itself, which is to grow, develop, unfold, go beyond our previous formation. So I asked, what are some of the things we can do to answer this call to greatness? Oh, there's all the things that we can do. There's a lot of things. That's why we come here. 
But I think, first of all, we have to recognize to develop the answers to the call, it's a skill. You know, we've heard this scriptural reference that says, many are called and few are chosen. But we know when we look at it more deeply, the inner meaning of that phrase. Because the Spirit of God does not exclude anyone. So the inner meaning, the esoteric meaning of that statement is that few are chosen. That's because few choose. Everyone is chosen. But few choose to take that route. But we have to have the skill to make that choice. And choice comes through when we are aware. I believe we have to have an awareness of the infinite presence that's around us all the time so we can see the opportunities. We can get into that expanded good. And I believe we develop that by entering into all the sacred practices, you know, of study and fellowship, of prayer and, and meditation. Because, you know, one of the things about the, the, the meditation course is really give us more awareness, the mindful meditation. Be aware of what's coming through our minds all the time because it is the thoughts that begin to create our experiences. You know, oftentimes I, I was sharing at the class that I once a year used to go to Spirit Rock, which is actually a meditation center, which is not too far from here. Or I would go to one that was in Massachusetts called the Bar Meditation Center and for the study with some of the Buddhists. And they would have some really profound, profound courses there. But one of the things we have to spend all day in the silence, and the only thing that you hear are the thoughts going on in your mind. Man, I'm telling you, you do that for three or four days, you'd be amazed. Well, maybe you wouldn't be amazed. I was amazed about some of the thoughts that were coming through my mind. I'm glad that I wasn't in a position where people could hear my thoughts. But I think we become aware of those thoughts because our job is to create the condition that will help us get in tune with the thoughts of God, to get in tune with the presence. Our job is to get in a place where we are assisted so that we can hear the call from this presence and answer the call. So we don't need to look outside of ourselves to get that answer. We just need to release that that's flowering within us to release the imprisoned splendor, the potential that's within us. And that includes the silence, the meditation, no longer judging, communing with nature, and of course, forgiveness. Forgiveness clears the field for us to hear more clearly. And I believe all the spiritual strategies have the effect of eliminating the static, known as what I call the highly charged thought forms on the world that come bombarding us from so many different directions. The idea is that when our line is static-free, we can hear the call. We can capture the inspired spiritual ideas so that we're no longer being clogged up by worry, doubt, and fear, or that sense of separation. That's static on the line. And I believe when we root ourselves in spiritual practice, it reminds us that the power and the presence and the love of God is all that there is, and we allow it to move through us so our line then becomes static-free. And I think when we're rooted in that place, oh, the world will start shouting us all of its names. It'll come to us and say, sickness. War, bigotry, lack, limitation, not enough to go around, impossible to do that. It'll give us a name and a label for everything under the sun, but we'll learn to stand still. 
And we'll see the salvation of the Lord or the great law of life. And we'll say, wait a minute, hold on. I got a bigger name on the line. I got a bigger name on the line. I can't talk to you right now. I can't recognize you. I cannot give you my attention. I got a bigger name on the line. It's called God. It's called pure consciousness. It's called love. It's called infinite possibility. It's called great spirit. It's calling me. I'm answering. I got to go. So when those thoughts come up, we just got to say, hold on. I got a bigger name on the line. You know, when we root ourselves in spiritual principle and practice, root ourselves in that power and the presence and love of God, we will realize that that is the only thing that is real and enduring and never can leave us, never can be destroyed. There's a song that says, only God is real. All the rest is just illusion. When things start coming up in my mind, I used to sing that song. I used to, I used to sing the, the chorus of miracles. When we talk about what's real, only that presence. And I think when we anchor in the truth, we allow this something that we can't really put our finger on, but it's more real than anything to move through us, and we make our line static free. And as we do, we hear the guidance that is there all the time. So when we pray, when we engage in our practice, you know, we don't have to wait for God to suddenly say, oh, your prayer is right. Let me give you some guidance. No, we have absolute belief that the presence of God is everywhere, but most importantly, right where I am, totally and completely. And so our spiritual practice is simply opening us up to what was there all of the time. And as we open up ourselves up, we hear with new ears, we see with new eyes, and something takes us over. We hear the call, which means that we have to develop the ability to no longer judge life merely from the surface. You know, we hear that statement, live by faith, but not by sight. Oftentimes we get caught up based upon what we see, the appearances at any given moment, but behind the pictures that we see, there's always some unfolding good. You know, there was a, a young woman, and she was new to the country, and her name was Maya. She was brilliant. She was effective as a worker, very productive, and she went on to this job interview. And she thoroughly prepared for the interview, and she felt very confident about her qualifications. She felt very confident about her experience. But when she got to the interview, she noticed that all the other candidates that were there trying to get that job, they were all wearing really expensive clothes and designer suits and dresses, and she decided to wear what was comfortable for her. It was elegant. They were for her country. She was from Pakistan. And she thought, you know, what she wore didn't really matter because what was more important, her qualifications, her experience. But as she sat there during the interview, she noticed the interviewer just kept looking at her clothes. And despite her best efforts to uh, impress the interviewer with what she knew and her experience, uh, she felt he wasn't taking her seriously. So she left the interview kind of dejected and disappointed. But she determined not to let that hold her back. So she decided to try again. And she came back and came back in a tailored suit, you know, got some of the greatest makeup, styled her hair, arrived at the interview, and another person was there. And uh, the interviewer, you know, who had dismissed her was now all smiles, all compliments. 
He, he even offered her a job even before they finished the interview. Didn't ask that many questions. And Maya said she was a little shocked by this because, you know, she was also disappointed because she realized the interviewer had judged her solely based upon what he was looking at and not looking at her abilities. He did not meet her where she really was. He dealt with her only with the surface. And I think the point is that sometimes in our life, we, we do the same thing. Sometimes things happen in our life. Sometimes there are things that we don't like. And immediately we may label it as bad or different. And we do something sometimes that creates a, a sense of separation from the presence of God that is all good because we've not looked deeply enough to see beyond the appearance. And when we begin to call out God's name and we begin to connect with that presence, limitless possibilities that are all around us, something begins to happen because we've redirected our attention. And we understand the transformative effect our attention has. Like that statement says, energy flows where our attention goes. Where are we looking at our, where are we directing our attention? What are we looking for? Are we looking beyond the appearance and seeing the possibilities that may not be there immediately? So we understand that when an event takes place, we realize it's signaling us, really, for us to go deeper, to go deeper into the spirit, to see the infinite possibilities, that's signaling an opportunity for this all-knowing, everywhere present presence to reveal itself in a way it may not have revealed itself right now. And then we'll hear the call, we'll feel the call, we'll answer the call, and it will call us to our own greatness. I think as we go along this path, this understanding, uh, we must understand that as we answer our call to greatness, it's not about our own might and power. It's not about our ability to overcome our challenges and demands of our day. But rather, whatever the challenge is, whatever the difficulty is, it's really made, you know, from our human experience, it's not given to us to solve, but every demand is given to that divine, loving Christ presence that is in us. Because it is this place that is a place of fulfilling all of our dreams. It has the abundance, it has the supply, the forgiveness, the strength, the endurance, and the patience. It is always there. When I was in ministerial school, one of uh, the things that we had to do was do it, uh, I would say, uh, practicum, they called it, what they call silent unity. If you ever need to call for prayer, you know, that's where you call. They're there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, you know, sometimes he asked me, asked me one time, well, well, silent unity, does that mean that when I pick up the phone, all I'm going to hear is silence? No, no. When you call silent unity, it's there to pray with you regardless of what you're going through. And when we were taking the practicum and we were actually serving as one of the prayers, the only thing that we get, do is answer the phone and say, silent unity, how may I pray with you? And then when we had our services, we would say at the beginning, it is not I, but the Christ within that does the work. It is not I, it's not the human part that's doing, doing it for us. And I think that's a reminder, it is not up to us to do the things that is being called for us to do. But every demand that we get during the course of our days, a demand on our spirit, the spirit that has the answer to everything, and we need to relax in that and begin to witness how the spirit of God is going to show up 
in our life. We do our part, yes, but spirit provides the increase. And I think we're here today in this world is to be agents of transformation, to change the thought atmosphere that we're going through in our world today, maybe in our own lives. And as we do that, we can affect future generations and spread that across the planet. You know, yesterday I went to uh, the Capitol downtown and they had a, a gathering uh, for the World Peace Gardens. They had, where they had the garden at uh, downtown. And it was, uh, I think, her Sylvia Villa so I can't remember quite her name, but anyway, she was kind of one of the co-creators of this. And as I was sitting there watching all the people come up from the different backgrounds, you know, young people, older people, different religions and, you know, educational backgrounds, I was realizing that she'd been doing this for 20 years and had been answering her call, fulfilling her purpose and changing the thought atmosphere so we can bring peace no matter where it may be. And I think we have our own purpose. And when our purpose aligns with the spiritual idea, it energizes everything around us, our individual lives, our businesses, our organizations. When we're aligned with our purpose, there's a dynamic, inexhaustible something that sustains us. And I think the Spirit of God is urging us, cajoling us to bring out that greatness within us so that people will see the presence from which we have come. Like I said, it doesn't have to be anything big. I think about, you know, there's a, a woman who was a, a crossing guard, and she was there for 50 years, and she interacted with kids in elementary school for years, and when she passed away, all the folks that had crossed her path with her memorial service and talked about how much of an impact she had just helping them cross the street and giving them pearls of wisdom for little kids. So no matter what it is, we have something to offer. There's something that's calling us to make a difference. I think the time is now, and I believe the place is wherever you happen to be, that we're at a moment of history where we know on some level every person can be fed. Everybody can be clothed. Everybody can be educated. Everyone can have clean water. Peace indeed is possible. Now, people will, will may come up to you and ask you, do you actually believe that? If they look at the appearances and we respond, yes, we do. Because with the presence of God, all things are possible. Now, it may take a revolution or evolution of values, a reprioritization of what's important for the spiritual intentions to take place. But the values that we get in line with the presence of God reminds us it's time for us to live as if there's only one love because there is only one love, and that is the love of God. It's time for us to live as if there's only one life because there's only one life, and that is the life of God. We want to live as if there's only one people because there's only the children of God that's part of one family. The surface mind may say it can't be done, it can't happen. It's never happened before, it can't happen now, but we don't listen to that because that's static on the line. We say, hold on, I got a bigger name. Because no man or woman can stand in the way of God's will and purpose for us. That is our purpose. That is what we're answering. And when we answer that call, we answer our individual call to greatness to anchor a little bit more of heaven on earth and in our world.
Peace and blessings to you. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life